0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to Angel Talk. I'll be your host today, suit stylist for Angel Competition Bikini, Savannah. We have a special guest on, and she's going to be sharing her experiences. She's head coach, CEO, and owner of Glam
1: Girl Bikinti, or Bikini. Introduce yourself. Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Savannah. I just wanted to start by saying I really appreciate all the content you put out uh, with your own personal podcast, with this podcast. And um, I subscribe to your YouTube channel, and I it's definitely motivational while I do cardio. So I'm Amy Anger, founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini.
0: Oh, thank you. I do appreciate that. Like I know that content is 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 so nice for first-time competitors just to just to see how it is. And especially with Glam Girl, you guys put out a ton of content, but I want to talk about you and your journey with competing and kind of start from the beginning. So when did you get into competing? Tell us about how it started. When did you first hear about it?
1: Yeah, it was actually in 2011 was my first competition and I did figure. Um, And I was a division one college athlete with softball and I was always into fitness. I was an aerobics instructor. Um, I was a teacher for 10 years at a high school and I was always into fitness. Um, and after I had my kids at age 31, I actually got a note from my doctor saying that my cholesterol was dangerously high and they were going to have to put me on medication. Um, and I had seen this lady that had done a competition in my hometown and I just thought, you know, what is that? I'm pretty, you know, sports person, competitive. Um, and if I can mix, you know, establishing a healthy lifestyle, lifting weights and eating healthy food to improve my cholesterol, I was like, sign me up, you know? Um, so I did my first show in figure, and then I realized that the bikini girls, it had just come out. There were only two girls in the show, but I saw those bikini competitors and I was like, that looks like a lot more fun (laughs) Plus, I'm just not yeah. muscular enough to do figure. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of how that all started. And how many competitions have you done so far? I've done 30. I actually just did math. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, wow. I've competed every year since 2011. And, yeah, I've competed in um, three international shows overseas. And, um, yeah, I just started competing in I in 2011 in figure and then 2012 in bikini and I just was hooked ever since. So Oh my
0: gosh. Okay.
1: So out of these 30 competitions, which one is the favorite? Ooh, okay. I have to actually say my most recent one in Rome. Okay. That was a really cool experience. Anytime you can compete overseas, highly recommend it. Um, yeah. I also really enjoyed Alicante, Spain. And San Marino, Italy. Those were all like total lifestyle experiences. Yeah. So. Okay. 80%. So
0: international shows are the most fun.
1: Yes, for sure. Because okay. okay. you get to experience a new place, you know? So yeah. it's like an adventure. And when did Glam Girl Bikini start? It started in 2017. And okay. so, you know, this July will be six years. Um, So it doesn't seem like a very long time. Um, I've actually been coaching since 2012. Uh, Like I said, I was a teacher for 10 years. So I always kind of did it on the side. Um, People would ask me for help. Um, I actually used to just, my very first client, we competed together. We both got nationally qualified and I just kind of would help people out here and there. Um, And I just really got into it. Um, more intentionally when I moved here to Kansas city, um, at the time I was in a pretty secure, uh, salary position, um, kind of much like I've heard your story about Amazon. Um, but I just felt like I was dying inside. Um, and I just didn't feel like I was following my true passion. And when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, I actually, you know, you think your parents are going to be around forever and it kind of, you know, speaks to you. And the fact that you just like, you have to be living your best life now in the present. And, um, so that was what got me motivated to start glam girl. You know, it was really scary going from a salary paid physician to an entrepreneur and starting my own company, but, um, never looked back and never regretted it. I have, you know, passion every day. I'm excited to wake up and do what I do and help other women in the sport of bodybuilding. And bodybuilding has given me so much that I just, I wanted to give back to the community and, um, help other women have the joy that I've had for so many years.
0: Yeah. I've yeah. Very similar experience with living the corporate lifestyle, thinking that, you know, you go to school, you go to college, you get the job, you have a salary, family. And then it's like, okay, that wasn't fulfilling me. I'm like, I love this little fitness hobby. How can we make this a full-time position? How can we turn this something that you have this like dying passion for and just like bring that like in the present day? It's like, if there's something that you're doing, you know, outside of the, the working experience, like you can turn your passions into work and you hear about entrepreneurs that are doing it. They're like every day that I wake up, it doesn't feel like a job because I love what I'm doing. And it really does make a difference when you do have passion behind what you do. So what about Lamb Girl's philosophies? Like what are things that you want your clients to know? Or like, what is something that like, I don't know, like a theme that you like to have as like your personal coaching philosophy?
1: Yeah, well, it kind of started with my own personal journey with um, some negative experiences that I had without throwing anyone under the bus. But my very first competition, I got a packet of paper uh, that told me what to do for 12 weeks. And I was absolutely starving. And the head judge pulled me aside and grabbed my arm and said, next time you need to eat. (laughs) And I had a really bad experience with a rebound. Um, I had no plan after the show. My coach completely did not talk to me about what to do um, or, you know, even say like, Hey, you need a reverse diet. There wasn't a lot of information out in fairness. Um, now we have so much information like with social media and I really feel passionate about educating people in that regard. Um, because as a fitness, you know, professional, I have someone's life in my hands, you know, their health, they're trusting me with their body. And, um, if you're competitive, like me, you're just going to follow that packet to the T, um, I, you know, and you're just going to trust that that's like, this person knows what they're doing. Um, so with us, so kind of going back to like with my mom, with the breast cancer thing, the reason why I have actually the unicorn as our mascot is, you know how they always say like bad news comes in threes. Well, grandpa had died, like literally within the week that I found out my, um, mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then, I got another random phone call, and this person was like, Hello, is this Amy Anger? And I'm like, Oh, great, what's coming next? You know? And they're like, This is Von Mar. We just wanted to let you know that you won a giant inflatable unicorn. <laughs> and so <laughs> my daughter and I, like every time we would cry or be sad, we would always be like, Unicorn floating. Yeah, and it would make us like excited. And we rode that thing into the wind, like until it popped. She used it and we called her Bella. So that's kind of like the, the actual tangible mascot, but with the unicorn, I just feel like it's this mythical magical creature that doesn't exist. Right. So I've always been these 12 years, I've always been looking for my unicorn prep. And I saw that as a pain point in the industry that like, there's just, you know, to have a concierge service that is like so detailed and the coach actually like calls you on the phone, talks to you for half an hour every week, gets to know you as a person, understands like what you do as a job. Do you have kids? Do you, you know, have a significant other? What are your stresses? Like all these different things that play a part in prep that make it, I mean, you probably know like prep life podcast, like the prep life is this sport is year round. So we need to understand as coaches that not only do we have the, athletes health in our hands, but we also need to make it individualized. And, you know, that packet of paper, <laughs> shame on them. Like that is not what this is supposed to be. You know, this is supposed to be individualized. So I think of like the unicorn prep is like, you know, finding your unicorn, but also it's like that unique, like detailed plan that is specific for you. And we always tell our athletes on show day, don't ask another competitor what you are supposed to do today because Every single one of you has a different plan. You have a different body. You have a different lifestyle. You know, I have some clients that work out three times a week and they're top five at a national show, but that's what works with their life because they're busy nurses, whatever it may be, whatever, you know, you've got going on, you need to understand that those are all things that um, need to be addressed. And so that's kind of like the philosophy slash mission of the company. And do you guys only coach the bikini division? So I, you know, another thing too is like when I thought about the name, I thought, okay, you always want to say what your business is. If somebody reads what your company's name is, then they should know what you're doing. But we have um, so we've I've coached a pro-level fitness competitor and I coached her in figure as well. And she won a bunch of overalls. Um, and she won an overall in fitness. Um, but obviously I'm not doing those choreographed routines. Um, <laughs> and then as far as like wellness, we have a lot of high level wellness competitors, but that division didn't come out until after we had established the company, but the whole idea is female owned and operated. Um, I've, I've gone down the men's physique route. I've, I've trained men's physique competitors in the past before I own this company. And I just, I don't have a passion for it. Um, I, I, you know my my philosophies just don't align with some of the PEDs and things that are required for men. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I think that it's it's good to stick. I think it's it's different because there isn't a ton of female bodybuilding coaches um, in in the industry in general. It is usually a male dominated coaching industry. And so I definitely think like having a female owned operated business too, is it's great because it's, you know, having a male coach, it's awkward to be like, Oh yeah, my weight is up because you know, I'm on my period or, you know, what, you know, what's hormonal things or just just things that are, you know, female based. It's nice to have that like level of interaction.
1: Yeah. And in our check-ins, we have very detailed journal so that we can kind of get a snapshot of what the athlete it's kind of like a big diary of different items. And one of those items that we ask about is hormones, because we encourage our competitors to track their menstrual cycle. It's one of the vital signs now in obstetrics it's recognized as a female vital sign. And I feel like it's very important for a competitor to be able to maintain their cycle during prep. Um, if you're doing it the right way. And so I really like to get my hands on people like right when they start because it's just I've just I know what a, a hard prep is and you know where you shouldn't, you know, you're starving and doing way too much cardio. That's just not the way to do it anymore. And luckily, I think a lot of that has changed in um recent years. And I think that there's a lot more information out there. So competitors understand that they shouldn't have to put up with that kind of stuff, but
0: yeah. What would be some coaching like red flags for first-time competitors that you would just offer advice when they're looking for a coach?
1: Yeah. I think when they don't get on the phone with you for a consultation, um, it's an interview for me as much as is for them. I want to make sure it's a good fit Mm -hmm. and that goals are established um, right there from the first phone call and expectations. So I would never, you know, I would never hire somebody without speaking with them if they don't allow that. Um, And then some other red flags too, is just very strict um, absolutes. So I just think it always depends. It depends on you as an individual, what works best for you, what is most sustainable. So some people, you know, they like a meal plan, but, you know, other people don't do very well with that because, you know, they have food allergies or preferences. And so we do like a hybrid of, you know, you get your macros so you can make those swaps. You understand how to do that and have that flexibility, but you also like get good suggestions on foods that are going to be rich in micronutrients. And so I think like that rigidity of just, you know, like having something that doesn't change too after And not to say, like, if you're making progress after each check-in that I do with my clients, I usually make some sort of adjustment unless they're, like, really progressing. And so if it doesn't change, like, um, and if they can't communicate with you why they're doing something, I think that's a big red flag, too, because there should always be a reason. It should either be science-based or um, based on experience in the industry,
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Has it been hard for you to balance competing and coaching?
1: I would say no. I mean, I've literally I I've competed every single year since 2011. So my my goals with me as an athlete have shifted a ton. Um, I'm at the point now. So I've always had my number one rule is I never compete against one of my clients, the only time that I did and I made sure it was okay with her. She had lost 115 pounds and she, we literally held hands in the victory pose. She got fifth and I got third or I don't know, whatever it is when you're standing right next to each other. And I was like crying on stage because that was such an important thing to me. Um, I was going to scratch if there weren't more than five people, but there were five luckily. And so, um, So yeah, and, but she wanted me to do it with her. But other than that, I've made it a solid rule out of the 30 competitions that I would never compete against my own competitors. So it's, it makes it tricky for me now that I have like several athletes that, you know, are getting overalls that are getting like, um, going to pro qualifiers, going to these national competitions. So what I have done is I get out of the country (laughs) because I usually wouldn't be by somebody with that. But, um, I also, I look at my athletes priorities first. I always put my athletes first. So I take a look at all the national shows that my clients are going to be doing. And then I strategically put my competition wherever that may be. And it usually ends up like this past year I competed in November. So it was like Thanksgiving week. I didn't have anybody for that. Um, And then my next competition for 2023 is also during Thanksgiving week. So I'm completely done with my, my calendar, but I do feel like when I'm in prep, I'm very sharp and very much more organized because we become huge time managers, right? You know, you compete. It's, you're like way more, you have to fit so much in. And I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner and, um so yeah my my priorities have shifted as an athlete but it's i think it's important to walk the walk i need to be able to empathize with my competitors like you know i'm going through an improvement season right now like i'm feeling those feels of like oh my gosh like i'm fluffy and but no i need to think about like getting my hormones back and you know being able to perform in the gym and so i can have these conversations very easily whereas um you know so many high level coaches, they don't walk the walk. So they are putting their athletes in situations. Like I would never do some, I would always experiment on myself first. So I've probably tried every, every method there is out there first. And then, um, you know, putting it into practice. So I'm, I'm like a a lab rat first, I guess.
0: It's really beneficial to just like you're saying, like it is unrealistic for a coach just to be like, yeah, three hours of cardio. This should be fine without having doing it themselves and realizing, okay, well, is that realistic for this client with work, with their life? How much time they actually have to work out? Is that possible? Like just having the experience yourself of of realizing like, okay, maybe that's you know too much or we need to pull back. And it's nice to be relatable and like experiencing it so they know like you know what you're talking about you just did it recently it's and the improvement season going through that flow of prep to improvement season it's it's nice to see both sides and um having the experience to just tell the world like this is what I'm feeling I'm feeling the same thing and like going through it together um yeah, it's 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 interesting too because um, when we look back, there's lots of you talked about. You said you use yourself as a lab rat. What were some of your notable like competing mistakes?
1: Yeah, well, definitely my rebound after my first show. I literally ate a whole pie. I drank beer from my cup that was like I won this cup as my trophy, and I drink beer out of it. Um, I ate all these foods. That, I literally gained 15 pounds in Mm -hmm. one day. I couldn't see my ankles. That was a huge mistake. So always have a plan, especially if you're a goal-oriented person, which most of us are, you need a next step goal. And I always like, no matter if my athlete's going for a pro card, like whatever it is, we have a next step goal. Like, okay, when you go pro then we'll set up this date for your pro debut. If you don't get your pro card at that national show, then we'll do this one. Or, you know, maybe you need to grow. So we'll set a goal for a year later. Um, just not having a plan in place, like a reverse diet also. Um, and I mean, that was like, that's like my big glaring thing that I can think of. Um, yeah. yeah I, I would say also just, um, I remember there was one year that I, was following my coach gave me the same menu, like the same set meal plan for six months. And my gut got so messed up after that. And that's another piece of advice I would give competitors, like put variety in your diet as competitors, we get very repetitive. Even if we're tracking macros, sometimes we eat the same thing every day, but it is so bad for your gut flora. So that was a big mistake that I made. Um, yeah. I mean, those are the ones that stick out to me the most. Um, yeah. That post-show, <laughs> the post-show
0: experience. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that that's not really a thing. I feel like post-show treats are starting to die off a little bit. Like they yeah. used to be really popular. And I think people are like, I don't think we should do this anymore. Like, so now yeah. that everyone's like, maybe we should just like have a little something and then maybe stick to our diet. Um, I, I, I remember like my first show, I went to the grocery store and was like, okay, I have to get every post-show treat I've been craving and got like two 40. stacks full of like entire family-sized cookies and like king-sized candy bars and cupcakes and like everything I was craving for an entire six-month period that I hadn't had. I was like, oh, yes. I can have one bite of each of these. And by the end of the weekend, <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. If you bring yeah. it, they're gonna be gone. Like yeah.
1: Um so for sure. It's- if you bring it, yeah, don't hoard food, don't keep like yeah. stockpiling things up. I've done that too, where I just I'll bring like yeah, I'll just start buying stuff months before the show and then yeah, you bring it and it's all going out. Yeah, like even if you make like a big I remember um somebody made like a big tray of like cookies and they're like, Oh, I'll share it with everybody. (laughs) It's like, no, get the whole thing's going to get eaten. Like, let's be honest. You can justify, Oh,
0: I'm going to share it. And then you're like, I'm going to share it with myself and eat it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. So what about goals? So uh, goals for um, personal goals and the sport and in life, and then just like business
1: goals with the team. Yeah. So my personal goal. So for me, Anymore competing is just like a privilege and a treat for me. So I, like I said, I like to do like, make them more of like a vacation and an adventure. So I have another country that I'm going to visit that I've never visited before this year. And that's kind of my athlete goal. And it just helps me kind of like stay up with the trends. Like when I'm in the trenches doing it myself. So that's kind of my personal goal and for competing, and then for my business, I want to turn several people pro this year. Um, all of my girls that are going to um, different national shows and pro qualifiers, uh, I want to put out more pros. And then um, I want to get more overalls than I did last year as well um, for my regional like veterans. And then I've got like a bunch of kind of transformation clients to this year. So um, I'm excited to get people for the first time on stage. I just think that's such a fun thing too just to get somebody introduced to the sport for the very first time and seeing what their body can do. Mm-hmm. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay. I
0: like that. Like, are are you like, are you planning to try to turn pros yourself too?
1: I mean, I have tried obviously, but so what happened was from 2011 to 2015, I didn't have a coach that knew I got nationally qualified probably like 15 times. And I didn't know that I was supposed to go to nationals. Like I was just like, Oh yeah, I got a trophy. Like (laughs) just like, um, so that's another reason why I, I started the company is just, um, like for example, Chris Nicole, you know, she did her first MPC show and within like six months I turned her pro, but like her path was fast tracked a lot. Like, I think my body back in the day before, you know, before I started competing at nationals, I think I probably could have gone pro if I had the the correct guidance. I just never had a high level coach to tell me like, you know, and there wasn't like anything out there information. Bodybuilding was pretty like lesser known, especially in Indiana where I was from. So in 2015, I started competing, um, like at the national and pro qualifier level. And I think I've placed top five, eight times. Um, so last competition at this last pro qualifier, I placed second. Um, but you had to win first and then you had to go for the overall and get like the top two. So it's just getting harder and harder. So anymore, I, I'm just kind of like doing it for myself, um, as an athlete, like just to, you know, I just don't have the genetic muscle and I know that. And so I just do it to enjoy it. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. And then for, are you a good client or do you like ever
0: second guess coaching protocols? Like, do you know too
1: much? Does it make it hard? I, it's so funny because Casey from boss bodies, I remember her, um, being like, you need to just like, step back, stop trying to make adjustments and just let me coach you. And I'm like, I know you're right. So there's been times where I'll like, you know, I almost like, not to say I, I, that sounds like I'm like conceited or something, but like, I almost know too much, but I do know my body. Um, And so, you know, when I'm establishing a relationship with a coach um, I definitely need them to be like a higher leadership lid than me. So right now my coach is Damien and I mean, he's, he coaches Sid, who's like, how many times has she won the Olympia? Um, and he coaches a lot of high level Olympians. So I just need somebody that's going to enlighten me on something, but also, um, how do I say this? He's, he's, he won't let me like, (laughs) he won't let me get away with anything. He's just kind of like a very business, like hard nose, um, which I, that's, I love about him. He's very like upfront with me and honest, um, which is what I need. Um, cause I'm kind of that same personality where he, I just need to know what to do and I'll do it. I'll execute. So, yeah, I mean, I would say it's, yeah, it depends on the situation, but I probably have been not such a great client in the past, but, um, I feel like I am now I listen. think
0: <laughs> to like the longer that you do it and the more that you like know yourself and you're like oh wait a minute wait last time or two years ago this is what we did it really worked or um uh, three preps ago I really like this Oh, are you sure are you sure and you know you keep going back and forth you're like oh, I don't know about that but you know just put your head down and and do it too um what other pieces of advice do you have for someone that maybe not even wanting to start into competing, but just wanting to just become healthier? Uh,
1: I would say, you know, it just starts with the day-to-day winning the day. Um, it's so not sexy or it's like all about sustainability. That's the biggest key to weight loss. Um, because, you know, I have lots of different clients on different ratios for macros. Like some people, really enjoy high fat, low carbs. Some people really enjoy high carb, low fat. And at the end of the day, all it is, is just, can you sustain a caloric deficit the most consistently at X, Y, Z? And I think that's the biggest key is just getting in the repetitions, doing the monotony, the day-to-day things that no one sees are what's going to get you there and establishing those habits setting goals, those are all huge parts of, you know, just making sure that you get your day to days, you're kind of winning that day.
0: Yeah. It is. I I there's no secret. It's, it's just really just starting and and just keeping consistent. Like if you if it's not sustainable for long term, if you can't imagine yourself doing it for an entire at least an entire year, it's not going to work. And you know, there's no, oh, I want to get in shape for vacation. Oh, just, um, you know, people, I'm sure they ask you all the time, what do you do? Tell me your secrets. And you're like, I'm telling you, you're not listening. Just do the work. Like it just, it just go to the gym, track your steps, track what you eat, hire a coach that knows what they're doing and just stick to one thing for a consistent amount of time.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we always reverse engineer from the very first phone call. I'll reverse engineer a client's goal, especially if they have a weight loss goal for, for a specific competition and we just calculate how many weeks it's going to take to average about a pound a week for weight loss. And you, I mean, a lot of times they get really frustrated where it goes like this is too slow, but really you're not going to be able to build muscle and maintain muscle if you're doing anything like super drastic. And then, you know, it's the same with prep. Like if you're not gonna be able to maintain like eating 900 calories or doing three hours of cardio, you need to be able to like slowly, gradually get there. Give yourself enough time that's realistic for that kind of weight loss.
0: Yeah. So on these initial phone calls, are you realistic with clients about expectations for you know if they're saying things that are unrealistic? Are you kind of upfront with them of if it can if it's something that they can actually accomplish?
1: Yeah, I have kind of a weird brain. I call myself like a carny or something. I don't know. I I can guess like what. So I've been a judge in the NPC for several years, um, and I've been a promoter and I've coached probably thousands of women by now, um, through these journeys. And I kind of know what height class, like what your weight's going to be. I actually have a chart that I share with my, my, um, coaches now it totally depends on like muscle density and maturity. But like, I kind of know like, okay, if you're going to win first or like top five in this class at this height, you need to be this weight. And so I've had, you know, prospects that have, I've just told them, you know, they have 80 pounds to lose. Sometimes they don't like to hear that. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be that coach. That's going to tell you, I can do this in the timeframe that you think is what you're wanting. So sometimes it doesn't line up. And then I just say, you know, it's probably not the right fit because, in order to do that, we would have to do things the wrong way, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it, that's great. That's it. That you have that experience to being able to tell them of like one pound a week, everyone wants to, you know, Oh, I just 50 pounds, hundred pounds, 20 pounds. Oh, I just want to lose this 10 pounds. I just want to lose it. It's like, okay, calculate it out. Like how fast do we want to go? We want to go aggressive. Are we going to do slow a bit? Surely like, is it maintainable? Because if you go super aggressive, that's where it's gonna get really hard. People fall off quickly because mm-hmm. they're starving. So they binge, they rebound, they feel like failures and then they quit. Exactly. So if you set them up for like, you know, okay, slow and steady wins the race, it'll get there. It'll be a lot slower than everyone wants it. The results fast, but it will actually help attain those results long term. Um Is there anything else, like, with Glam Girl that you guys, like, do you have any upcoming events
1: this year? Yeah, so we do team shows. We usually do, like, a spring, a summer, and a fall. And we kind of bring, like, our own makeup artists um, and hairstylists so that the ladies are ready head to toe. We do, like, a team posing Friday night together together it's an opportunity for our, our athletes to plan so that they can be at a show with their coach. A lot of first timers really like it because, um, they get the camaraderie of the rest of the team backstage. And then also they get their coach kind of like holding their hand every step of the way. And we usually have like, a uh, you know, we'll have at least one coach for every two athletes. So they're very like much made to feel like, queen for the day. We go to every single national show. If we have a a client going or a pro qualifier and um, as far as like that whole experience, you know, we do team posing, we do check-in, we help them sign up for their classes. We do like a photo shoot in between the night show and the pre-judging because I just feel like your body looks like that for such a short amount of time. And sometimes you're so nervous and like I look back at some, of, like, I didn't take one picture. And so I always want the athletes to have like plenty of photos in their suit, you know, off stage. And then also like in fitness gear, um, shameless plug, we do use the, uh, angel team wear. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then we do like a team dinner after the show, like a celebration dinner. So I always find that, um, So we, we establish a community and a culture. So I always tell my coaches, they need to like basically interview the person whenever they're, you know, talking to a prospect to make sure it's a good fit for us culturally. We don't just take anyone. Um, We want to protect our culture as far as that goes, because we have this amazing group of like-minded women that we do like a group chat with group me. And so people will be all over the world and, you know, all over the country, competitors in every state. And it's like they already know each other by the time they come to this show because we, like, motivate each other, like, you know, give tips, um, advice in this group chat. And I think that's something that makes us kind of unique, too, is that we are all females as well, so we can all relate to each other. And if they don't have somebody in their hometown, which is likely that is of the same mindset, you know, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most, so... If they're getting interactions with other like-minded females, it's a really positive experience.
0: That's awesome. That community. I think that's, that's attractive to a lot of competitors because, you you know, first time competitors, a lot of times you're small town and you're the only one at the gym or in your, in your circle of friends, that's just doing this journey. And you don't know anyone when you first start and then you're looking for that community. So joining a, a team that has an opportunity to meet other you know, athletes that are going to be at your show, you'll have friends. Yes, you might compete against them, but it's more about just like having them backstage with you. It's really, it's a really nice to have a group of girls going to shows together and like post-show, like if your family can't come, you don't have to worry about that. It's like, you always have like friends to go out with. Um, Okay. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. And I guess I, I should have mentioned too that this week we have um our season kickoff retreat. So we've been doing it ever since 2020 in Phoenix, Arizona. And we last year we brought Celeste because I felt like the mindset piece was missing. So Celeste is going to be um there with us talking about food relationships and things. Um we're at the Arizona Grand and it's all day Saturday and Sunday and we do like posing group workouts. Um, we do like yoga hiking. Um, and then we're going to do like a dinner on Saturday night. And so that's our, that event is on, um, this weekend. So the 18th and 19th. Okay. So I don't oh, know I when this will that. air, but
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can air it whenever, but that's super fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's a really good time. And it's not just our community. So it's open to other teams. Like last year, we had a bunch of people from different teams. And again, it's kind of like being unicorn. Like we kind of put the unicorn symbol in very many different um, places. So I always tell the ladies before, like shows and things, like if there's somebody by themselves, like invite them over, like help somebody out and, being unicorn is kind of like that, where, um, you know, we can have people from all different teams and it's, it's just like-minded women coming together and, um, having a good time. So it's not just all glam girl. Okay.
0: And then I think this is a great, um, time. Just, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to make sure that we covered about your journey or about glam girl?
1: I don't think so. I mean, we covered a lot. Um, did this cover a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. And then um,
0: I wanted to hear what would you, what was the best piece of advice that you've ever heard that I've
1: ever heard or been told? Okay. Well, I would just say, um, when it comes to competing, as far as that goes, yeah. um, I mean, take your time with hiring a coach would be like my number one advice because, they're your leader of your prep, and they like literally have, like I said before, your life in your hands, or you know, or in their hands. And I think that that's not something to take lightly. And you you need to be well taken care of. This is, you know, it can be a, an extreme sport, but it shouldn't be that extreme that it's sacrificing your health. Like the stage is always going to be there, and I think. People need to understand that if you can't get there in a reasonable amount of time, then, you know, you probably should just wait. There's a a ton of shows going on. You don't have to, like, get on stage immediately or compete back to back. Those are some things that I just think, you know, the stage is always going to be there. So be patient with the process.
0: I like it. And if anyone wants to follow you, join the team, reach out for coaching, how can they do so?
1: Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram. It's just at glam girl bikini. Um, my personal handle is A M Y E H I N G E R anger is kind of a weird spelling. I think it sounds like anger, like anger, yeah. Yeah. mad. Um, <laughs> but it's really with an E. Um, uh, and then we also have the prep life podcast. Um, I think we have like four or five years of episodes, so you can binge those. And, um, we have a YouTube channel. It's not too, uh, we're still working on it a little bit, but, um, I think we're going to start putting some like podcasts and live streams on there coming up. But if you would like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and just hit the get started button and apply there. If you're interested in my coaching.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the show. We'll get this episode posted as soon as we can. And I hope you guys have fun this weekend.
1: Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for everything you do Savannah.